on the six dwelling places or abodes of Satan. And what I basically mean by that is these are the six different places to which Satan has lived or has some sort of domain uh, for the duration of his existence. And in totality, these are six different places. Okay, so let's just go ahead and get into it. But now, before we do get into it, you may want to review some of the videos that we made previously about the origin of Satan and the sin of Satan. That'll help you uh, get a better understanding of what is actually going on as we discuss these particular dwelling places or abodes of Satan. All right, so let's get started with number one. The first dwelling place of Satan is found in Ezekiel 28 verse 14. That is the throne of God. So let's look at the verse and then we'll uh, tell you about exactly what it is. And then we'll um, try to get a good understanding of actually what's going on in the text. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. Now, actually, that's two of them mentioned. But in looking at these particular dwelling places of Satan in chronological order, that's what we're doing. OK, so the very first one we find it takes place somewhere in eternity past. It's the dateless past. We don't know exactly when this happened, but we find out, according to Ezekiel 28, that Satan, his, uh, the type of angel that he is, is a cherub, or for plural, cherubim, but he is a cherub. He is of the highest order of the angels, and he was placed in a very unique place over the very throne of God. And we see this part of his existence as a place of honor. And the whole idea of that is for the most part in this honored position over the literal throne of God is one to whom he represents the other angels of God. He stands before the throne of God even when all of the other angels come before him Satan, not in ruling over the throne of God, he has no domain over the throne of God, but it is simply a place of honor and representation for the other angels. And that that was his first dwelling place somewhere in eternity past over the throne of God. Now, his second uh, place we find already hinted in verse number 14 but actually we find it in verse number 13 of this same chapter in Ezekiel. And that is in the original garden of Eden. Of course, we don't have time guys to go into all of that. That's why you have to go and go back and review the videos that we told you about earlier. But just to give you some sort of an introduction in this video or reintroduction, as I should say, the earth in its original creation, was the domain of Satan. And in that original creation of the earth, there was also an, or, <laughs> an original garden of Eden. So when you get into, okay, remember when you get into the creation of Adam, and a lot of times people think that this is the first earth, but actually it's the first earth, but it's a re renovation. 
of the first earth. Why? Because the first earth was the domain and the kingdom of Satan. And he ruled over the earth in his first creation. Okay. And because Satan had sinned again, see the video because Satan had sinned, that first earth was destroyed. So when you get to the time of the rejuvenation of the first earth, that is what Genesis one and two, you see the earth being flooded completely with water. Why is it flooded with water? Because God had judged Satan, judged his domain and kingdom, the first earth, and destroyed it. And then God does what? He goes into a process of rejuvenation. That's the verse number two, the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters of all the earth. And then he begins to recreate it once again for the habitation of mankind. But originally it was designed for Satan. Okay. And so therefore Satan had an original dwelling place in the sec in the first earth. And this was also in the first garden of Eden. And that's where we take you to Ezekiel 28 and verse 13. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The ruby, topaz, the diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, lapis, lazuli, turquoise, and the emerald. And the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you on the day that you were created. They were prepared. So we see that the original garden of Eden was not a garden of dirt because that's what we see when Adam was created. That's what he worked and tilled. But the original garden of Eden to the which Satan had domain over all of the earth. It was a mineral garden. That is, it was a garden of jewels. And in verse number 13, it tells us how those particular jewels that were the settings of the Garden of Eden when Satan ruled the earth. And this was his second domain. And this was also somewhere in the dateless past when Satan was ruling over the earth. But as we just said, what happened? He rebelled against God. And this is in that rebellion that we spoke about in the sin of Satan. He rebelled against God and he was removed from number one, his first domain. What? Over the throne of God, that setting, that covering over the throne. And number two, he was removed from the earth. He lost his dominion and he lost his authority in the earth. And that's when Satan had to regain that authority in the failure of Adam when he disobeyed God in Adam's garden of Eden. Okay. Now let's go to the third, the third uh, place of domain of Satan, of his dwelling. And this is present tense. This is where Satan is presently dwelling in the earth, right? And this is found in the book of Ephesians, and that's in chapter two. Actually, there are two places in the book of Ephesians that tells us of Satan's domain. And that is in the heavenly places, in the heavenly places. But let's look at the verse and then I'll, I'll come back and explain it later on. Ephesians two and two, speaking of the former, uh, uh, the lifestyle, 
in which our the formal sinful lifestyle of Christians before we came to Jesus. Okay, let's just look at the verse in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So the prince of the power, that is whom? Satan. He is the great prince of wickedness. Notice where it says his dwelling place is. It's in the air. So what we see is Satan, Satan's dwelling is in the heavenly places, is in the air. Now let's move to Ephesians 6 and 12, and we'll finish that this particular part. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, here's our point, the rulers, now that's speaking of spiritual wickedness, the rulers against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. All right. So that's what we see. So now Satan has been cast down. Okay. He's been cast down from the throne of God, from the original garden of Eden. That's from the eternity past. No longer has it. He is present tense now dwelling in the heavenly places. Okay. Now what, that simply means in the atmospheric heavens and also, okay, let me explain it this way then. When it refers to the heavenly places, in the atmospheric places, in the heavens, in the sky, but also there is a reference to Satan has access to heaven itself. He literally has access to the throne of God. We learned this from the book of Job. Job, remember Job chapter one, which said there was a day when the sons of God were, it came to before the throne of God to, to speak with God, to speak concerning whatever the things they do in their heavenly meeting places. And what happened? Satan also came in amongst them. And we see that in Job one and two. Also, remember there was a revelation that Jesus gave to Peter in his arrogant confidence. And when Jesus told him that um, this night that you all will betray me and Jesus gave that revelation that Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. This seems to uh, imp implicate Satan in going once again before heaven to do what? Because the Bible teaches that he goes before the throne of God day and night doing what? Bringing accusations against God's people. And so Satan, he still has access before the throne of God. He goes literally to the throne to accuse us before God and also what? He is in the atmospheric heaven. So this is his domain. He has access both what? Even now, to heaven and he has access to the earth. That's why it says the atmospheric heaven or the heavenly places. And this is where he is presently dwelling and he will continue in dwelling in this particular abode or his domain until the midpoint of the great tribulation. Okay. So now that brings us to the fourth place of the dwelling of Satan. And that is the confinement 
to the earth, the confinement to the earth. So let's turn to Revelation chapter 12 and we're going to look at verse number seven. And there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, the dragon and his angels waged war and they were not strong enough and there was no place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. Who is the dragon? The serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceased the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. See, that's what he was doing all that time in his third abode. Remember when he dwelled in the heavenly places, he was what the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before God. Now listen, this is incredible. He accuses us before God day and night. Now that's incredible. It's hard for me to envision him running back and forth to heaven, constantly accusing the saints of God. But nevertheless, let's read. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. In other words, even though, here's the point. In Satan's accusations against us, it didn't say they were wrong, but what we overcame, we, our dependence for our salvation is in the blood of the lamb. And I pause there, guys, simply to let you know we are never saved by what we do. We are always saved because what Jesus has done, because we have faith in him and him alone, his life his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave. But anyway, let, let's just keep going. They overcame him because of the blood of the lamb, because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. 12, for this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea. Notice, earth and the sea. Why? Because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. Okay, so let's talk about that. So there is during the mid tribulation, there will be verse number seven, a war in heaven between Michael and his angels and between Satan and his angels. Always remember Satan and his angels are always referred to as demons. Okay. And it basically says Satan will lose the battle. And in his loss of that great heavenly battle, he will lose. Notice, remember what it said about the, the fourth one, uh, uh, Satan has what? Access to the heavenly places, right? The atmospheric heavens. I'm sorry, that was the third dwelling place of Satan. We're now at the fourth dwelling place of Satan. But the point that I'm trying to stress is this. During this particular time at midpoint of the great tribulation, there's the great war in heaven. Satan loses that war. And when he loses the war, there are two basic things that happens. He loses the atmospheric heaven. So he no longer dwells there. He is cast to the earth. That's why it says woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Why? Because Satan is cast down. And so, and when he is, he is no longer in the atmospheric heaven. He is roaming the physical, literal earth only now. And that's why, and he is 
angry and he is enraged because he has lost the war. He has lost his access in the heavenly places. And by losing that access to the heavenly places, remember again, it said what? He would go to heaven before the throne of God, constantly accusing us, the saints before God. Eric did this. Eric did that. And he, telling the truth in my failures to God. But remember what we pray. We depend upon the blood of Jesus Christ. We keep our faith in Jesus for our salvation. It doesn't mean we live any kind of way. The Bible does say what we do continue to sin and fall short of the glory of God. But nevertheless, we live a righteous life. Okay. And when we sin, what do we do? First John one and nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And this restores fellowship with us between us and God. All right. But nevertheless, we do sin. We have need of repentance and Satan watches our sin. And when we do sin, what does he do? He runs to heaven. They did this and they did that. But what happens? During the after the battle with Michael, he loses his access to God's throne. So now he can't run to heaven and accuse the saints before God. So the angels praise God because they sick of looking at him coming to heaven with his accusations. Now Satan is enraged. He comes to earth. And since this is the midpoint of the tribulation, we already know that he only has what? three and a half more years of freedom. And now he is in his fourth, fourth domain, his fourth dwelling place, which is now no longer in the heavenly places, but on the earth itself. He, all, all he can do is run the earth and try to cause and wreak havoc among the people of the earth, especially the saints of God, especially Israel, that is literally the Jews who will be living at that time. And it will also be at this particular time that he will seek to eliminate all the Jews upon the earth. This will be the second and greatest Holocaust of them all. All right. So now let's look at the fifth abode of Satan. Revelation 20 and verse number one. At the end of the tribulation, we find this takes place in Revelation 20 and verse 1. Let's just read the text. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss. Notice a key that will open the abyss. Now, before we even go on, I tell you what I'll do. Let me just explain it as we go along. That way we don't have to waste a lot of time. The abyss, and, 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 that, and we did a video about that too, about what the Bible teaches about hell or Sheol, and you might want to look at that and that'll give you a good understanding. The abyss is the temporary place where demons are sent to. The reason why we say temporary, because even though the demons are sentenced to this particular place for whatever amount of time, we don't know. The Bible didn't say how long they went, but they are released from this abyss. It is a special place in Sheol. Sometimes people call it hell. OK, a special place in Sheol for where the demons and demons alone go for a temporary amount of time and then they are released. So the whole point is the abyss is a temporary holding place for demons. Now we see 
Notice a great angel. This is an angel of God coming with the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. Verse two. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. So what happens? The angel of God takes hold of Satan, puts him in chain, chains and cast him to the temporary holding place for demon spirits, the abyss. And how long is he there for a thousand years? The reason why it's a thousand years is because a thousand years is the length of time for the reign of Jesus, the Messiah. Or in other words, let me just help you out. This is, is what we call the second advent. This is when Jesus returns on the clouds of heaven in glory with his angels and the saints to judge the world. What happens then? He judges the Gentiles. Why? Because all of the Jews are already saved. So only the Gentiles would be judged primarily for their treatment of the Jews during the great tribulation and their treatment of the Jews during this particular time will indicate whether these Gentiles are saved. That's why Jesus calls call those particular Gentiles. You have some who are called what goats and some who are called sheep. And I set the goats on my left hand sheep on my right hand and the sheep come into the kingdom of God. But before all of that is done, Satan and what's also inclusive is all of the angels of Satan, which means all of the demons of Satan. They are bound and cast into the abyss for 1000 years and the kingdom period begins. That's why we know that the kingdom of Messiah, the setting up of the kingdom of Christ in Jerusalem and the rebuilding of Israel and that righteous kingdom in the world will be for what? 1000 years and Satan and all demons, all angels, wicked angels are cast into the abyss for 1000 years. So therefore the world doing the kingdom of the Messiah of Jesus will have 1000 years of peace from demon influence from the influence of Satan. Now, just allow me to pause there, guys, so that you'll see it. So all of this time, whatever decisions that mankind will make during the messianic kingdom of Christ, whatever decisions man will make, it will not be because he was influenced by Satan or other demons. Whatever decisions man makes to follow after the Messiah living on earth, whatever decision he makes to live godly lives, it will be because he will make that decision completely of himself. The only persuasion he will have will be the persuasion of good. It will not be the persuasion by demons. And remember, demon persuasion and influence began in the garden of Eden with Satan. Remember, there was Adam, there was the woman at the tree and, the, and Satan influencing the serpent. He began to influence Eve to disobey God. That's the first instance of influence of demons. But before then, there was none, you got it? So what, what I'm trying to say is this, 
when this particular point happened, this dwelling place, Satan is cast into the abyss along with all the demons. Okay. That's when there will no longer be any demonic influence whatsoever. Man will now revert to a pure choice, a pure choice without any influence whatsoever, except of course of his own nature. All right. Let's look at verse number three so we can finish this whole issue concerning what? That fifth dwelling place. And he, that great angel, threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him. The seal simply seems that nothing can break uh, uh, where he is being placed now until a particular moment in time. What is that seal? So that he would not deceive the nations any longer. That's the purpose until a thousand years were completed. That's the seal. The seal, which means that Satan, this seal cannot be broken. Satan and the other demons cannot be released until after what? A thousand years. What happens? It is the thousand years that will bring the end to the reign of Jesus as Messiah upon the earth, the millennial kingdom. And what happens once Satan and the demons are released? After these things, he must be released for a short time. Now, the Bible doesn't specify the exact nature of a short time, but there was a previous reference to a short time as three and a half years uh, of the millennial. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, of the great tribulation, the second half of the great tribulation. But we are not trying to deal with time and prophetic events, but we're simply dealing with what the uh, dwelling places or the abodes of Satan. This is what this was the fifth one. And this is when he was cast into the abyss for the thousand years. All right. Now let's go to the sixth and final dwelling place or abode of Satan. And we just kind of hinted to it already. So all we're basically doing is we're continuing in our study in Revelation 20. Revelation 20 verse number seven. The sixth and final abode of Satan. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison, the abyss, and will come out to deceive the nations. And notice nations is plural. And always remember, guys, when we see nations being plural, it speaks of the Gentiles. Why? And we don't have time to make this teaching. That's not what the teaching is about. The Jewish, once the Jews have been saved, the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, the children born unto the Jewish people, born unto the Israelites, will always choose Jesus as Messiah. They will be forever saved. They will never turn against God ever again. This was foretold in all of the prophets, okay? But concerning the Gentiles, that's not the case. Why? Because even in the millennial kingdom, some of the Gentiles will not choose Christ and they therefore will die. They will die before they reach the age, uh, after they reach the age of 100, all right? And uh, they will also, at the end of the kingdom period, notice when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released. What happens? Verse number eight says, he deceives the nations. He deceives, once again, the Gentiles, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for the war, the number of them is like the sand of the seashore. So verse number eight is teaching us what? That the Gentiles would be deceived by Satan at the end of the millennial kingdom. After Jesus has returned, 
will be great in number. How many Gentiles will fall under the influence of Satan at this time? Like the numbers of the sand of the seashore. And I really would love to just take the time to talk about that. But that blows my mind. How is it that Jesus is literally reigning on the earth? You can see him. You can go up to Jerusalem and visit the Lord Jesus Christ and still the Gentiles. And that's what we are. We if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. And still the Gentiles are turning against Jesus. Remember, during the, the uh, millennial kingdom, the world has become a paradise. It's unbelievable. It's like the Garden of Eden all over again. And still, that's not good enough. What does that tell you about us? What does that tell you about people? And I can't lie to you, guy. It makes me angry just to think that people still won't live right. They won't choose Jesus at this particular time. And they have allowed themselves to be influenced by Satan. How many? Not just a few people. The sands of the seashore. And they have come up against the saints of God. Let, let me just keep on with the verse. And they have come to make war. So now they're going to try to overthrow. Now, just in case you're wondering, the saints of God, the church, we, we, we are never influenced because once, remember, the rapture has already taken place. All right. We've been in heaven to be judged by God and we have received our rewards. We are, we have been in the millennial kingdom for that 1,000 years exercising that, that reward. That means we are now been, some of us have sit as kings and rulers and we have dominion over the Gentiles who were on the, in the world when we came back at the beginning of the millennium. So the saints of God, we in the church, we don't ever, we, once we are raptured, we never turn. Our state of sinfulness is gone forever. We can never sin again. We cannot sin again. So we are not involved in this influence of Satan. Okay, so don't think that we somehow changed our mind. So no, 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 no saint of God, no saint of God. Even those who got saved in the kingdom, they are not in this at all. Okay, once you get saved, you are sealed of God and you don't turn back that way. But the point is, the rest of the people who did not choose Jesus at this time, they have come in rebellion to make war. And let's just get to verse number nine so we can bring the lesson to a close. And they came on broad of the plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. So that's when all of God's people have been called to Israel. Jesus brought us in one place to the beloved city that is literally in the in the Jerusalem, in the kingdom. And what happens to all of those people, all of those Gentiles who came? And here's the whole point being led of Satan for the final war. They came again with the mindset to overthrow Jesus, to overthrow all of the saints, to get rid of all of us. And they wanted to take over the world again. And what happens? God didn't waste his time. He doesn't even move. Jesus doesn't even move from his throne. What does he do? Verse number nine. He just simply sends a fire. Fire came down from heaven and just obliterated all of them. 
in the untold, probably, millions upon millions of them just totally destroyed them. And that's when we find, and we don't have time for that, that's not our teaching, the great judgment, judgment seat of Christ, okay? But let's just get to the point so we can finish the abode, six and final abode of Satan. And the devil, remember he was released, who had deceived them, was what finally thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophets also are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And this is the sixth and final dwelling place and boat of Satan. After the end of his leading of so many people in rebellion against Jesus at the end of the thousand year reign of Jesus, the millennial kingdom, he, Jesus takes Satan himself, cast him into what? The, not hell, the lake of fire and he is there for the rest of eternity to suffer so notice remember that great picture of people having satan standing on sitting on some kind of throne in hell and satan tormenting other people no 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 that's not true at all satan himself will be cast into hell and it, oh, actually the lake of fire and of all creatures ever created he will suffer the worst fate than anything, anyone, ever, forever in the lake of fire. And that's where he will be forever. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining in this particular teaching. By the way, you know, if you haven't subscribed, it'll be a great time to do so. Help me build the channel and also hit the notification button so you'll be notified every time we upload a new video. All right, guys, sorry I was late with this one, but we'll be coming back with another video. Let's probably try to make this one, you ready for this? The son of Satan. Be on the lookout for that one. All right, guys, catch you next time.